You are listening to Green Rabbits. Welcome. Uh, we are really excited um, to have the Michigan League of Conservation Voters here with us today. Um, so if you don't mind introducing yourselves. Yeah, I can jump in. My name's Abby Barker, she, her pronouns. Um, I am one of the West Michigan Regional Coordinators with Michigan League of Conservation Voters on our advocacy and outreach team. So really working across West Michigan with our volunteers, taking action on things like clean water, clean energy, and just making sure we all have the resources we need to live healthy, sustainable lives. Love to hear it. And I am Wesley Watson. I am the other West Michigan Regional Coordinator with Michigan LCV. you know, is really coming together and making sure that uh, we're unifying our community on these important issues and really um, holding uh, legislators and also um, polluters accountable uh, for their actions in the community. Tell them. You know, it's it's all about equity and how we center equity within this work, Mm -hmm. um, particularly in the EJ space. What is EJ for those of our listeners who may not know? EJ is environmental justice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, And also, thank you for what you do, both of you. It's so important to not have, like, only just people who do stuff like us, but then people who also work on the inside and um, doing things that we don't really ever see. Yeah, and we need more of that, and we need positive examples of that. You know, that's how we built this um, coalition. You Mm -hmm. know, it's a community coalition, and it takes all of us because we're dealing with issues that we have dealt with know some for centuries and some for decades Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it's not just going to take one body it's going to take the whole community so yeah happy to be here yeah i'm so happy you guys are here this feels really real our last interview was sergio which is (laughs) great sorry to say his name like that it's great but he's he's our um co-worker he's our colleague so no knock on sergio sergio is amazing no he's great it just didn't feel like an interview it felt just like a conversation we have every week but we also we talk to him every week so you know yeah so this is exciting mm-hmm. um but i'm gonna let nancy take over she's usually the one that just kind of like leads um so yeah let's do this all right so today we want to really talk about pfas and what it is and since you guys are basically kind of our local experts on that would you guys want to give us kind of like a crash course definition Yeah, so I can jump in here. So PFAS are actually a group of chemicals, um, and it's an acronym. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this word here, but it's short for per and polyfluoroalkyl chemical substances. Um, So I I know, like, I've been working on that all week for you all. (laughs) PFAS for short, that's what I will be uh, referring to it as from here on out. But it is a group group of forever chemicals, um, and I can go a bit into that, too, if you want me to jump into Mm -hmm. what that means. what forever chemicals are. Yeah, so PFAS are actually designed to be practically indestructible, made out of some of the strongest chemical bonds. I'm not a scientist, so I I won't go into the science or bore you with the details, but really Mm -hmm. what that means is it's not intended to break down naturally. So when it's in our environment or in our bodies, we're really not going to see it break down in our lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. It can take hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, That's why it's referred to as a forever chemical. If you're ingesting PFAS now, it's going to be staying in your bloodstream. Yeah. And I heard that it's actually used in a way as like to resist the elements, right? To resist nature. Because I I mean, aren't they most usually PFAS used in things that are used to like waterproof things or protect things from the elements? So it gets almost intentionally made to not be broken down. Like I said, in a natural way. Exactly. They do mm-hmm. their job. They're meant to repeal oil, grease, water. So it's really just meant to reflect things off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I always do this. Huh? No, I was just saying, mm-hmm, like, just thinking. You go well, no. Um, I will. So uh, I guess I wonder, Nancy, uh-huh. I just want to side note. Should we then right now talk about some of the things that it's in? Or do you want to wait for that? Well, our next question is, where does it come from? So that's probably what we could talk about, what it's in also. So go ahead and ask her in like a (laughs) regular, regular way. (laughs) (laughs) This is all staged, you guys. Yeah. Um, So because it isn't all these things, where does it come from? 
Yeah, so it is a man-made chemical. It's obviously not naturally occurring in our environment. It was actually invented back in the late 30s, early 40s. Uh, the first PFAS chemical was actually invented by mistake when a DuPont chemist was messing around. I shouldn't say messing around. He probably knew what he was doing a bit with some gases, <laughs> but came back and found this new chemical. And then shortly after World War II began, where we've seen just a lot of focus in our society around technology events. Um, and that's where they started to work more with PFAS chemicals and then bringing that back into the consumer's market after yeah. the war. Mm -hmm. So some of the first companies that really started to use this was um, both DuPont and 3M, mm -hmm. um, using it in Teflon pans where you see that nonstick. Okay, again, yeah. PFAS wants to repel that oil and grease. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Scotchgard as well that we see what? sprayed on shoes, on our couches, on our carpet to keep them from getting stains because we don't want stains on our furniture, but we also don't want our furniture to poison us. Um, and then, well, ideally, seems ideally, like a, yeah, <laughs> seems like a very yeah, intense trade-off. Yeah, and since then, PFAS have just been continued to use in everyday products. So you can find it in paint um, and a waterproof makeup, mascara, Ew. some laundry detergents. Um, it's being put in some like medicine for whatever reason. I will never understand. Um, a lot of shoes in medicine. Yeah, that's actually something that I learned. Um, this morning that it's getting put in medicine i haven't been able to dig into it a little bit but it actually oh. raises your blood pressure and it's being put in like so it doesn't make sense to use it in medicine whatsoever yeah um, but it's used in technology like our cell phones um really like if you're just going about your day-to-day -day life in your house you're probably touching multiple objects with pfas on them unfortunately right. that is a uh, kind of gross and i kind of want to purge my house of pfas now yeah it's oh, actually yeah. um I think it's around like 98% of us likely have PFAS in our <gasps> blood. And it's not just us, it's our pets too. There was a really great no, article I read once pets. about yeah, a cat that had, it's they had the cat's blood test and there's PFAS in the cat's blood as well. Um, and then of course, I know we'll probably get into a bit more, but in our wildlife too. Yeah. Right. I have a question. Is it a, a, a septic level of PFAS that it's okay for us to type of consume or? It depends if you're asking a scientist <laughs> or the government. Um, and <laughs> I will say, like, no levels of PFAS are safe. That's what sh science shows. Um, in Michigan, we do have drinking water standards that set the amount of PFAS that are allowed to be in the water that's deemed, like, quote-unquote safe. Um, but the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, actually just came out with some new proposed recommendations that are even lower than what Michigan has in place. Um Really, if you test and you find PFAS, it means it's not safe. But mm -hmm. we also right. have to make sure that, you know, it, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but um, the levels have to be realistic, too, because once right. PFAS is those levels, we have to be able to take action to make yeah. sure yeah. that if it's in the drinking water, we're switching to a different source of drinking well, water. For and instance. it's in so much that, one, it it's almost un unavoidable at this point. But also, um, I want to kind of touch on a little bit is the accumulation nobody talks about when they're regulating things the accumulation so it's okay maybe to have a tiny bit in your drinking water but what's not okay to have is on your furniture on your pans in your makeup products mm -hmm. in your you know like the, your cleaning products and then also everywhere you know in other people's environments mm -hmm. and that's not the only chemical we take in so just throwing it out there that it's it's not just one item or the other um it's how many items you're taking in in one lifetime that ha contain that exactly and i um have heard from somebody that had been impacted by pfas their water has been changed over to municipal water now so it's clean but something that she has to be aware of is what other you know chemicals am i touch or what other products have this chemical because i already have this pfas in my blood that's not going to go away for hundreds oh, of years so mm -hmm. i have to be really conscious to make sure i'm not you know consuming additional pfas on top of that um and then it's, you know, not just in our products, but it's in our water, too, mm -hmm. our bodies of water. So a lot of times, I know when I was a kid, I would see, like, foam on water. And I'm like, how cool is this foam? I love right. foam. I want to jump into it. And I want to be clear that foam can be naturally occurring. But PFAS builds up in our water, and it looks like foam oh, as well. Oh, no. So a lot of, like, that scummy, foamy water. Yeah. And yeah. even uh, Millennium Park over, uh, mm -hmm. I believe, Kent County, uh, south of Grand Rapids, has PFAS in the water where kids go on field trips to go swimming and that level is deemed quote-unquote safe by the state but again mm -hmm. like no amount of PFAS is safe so if you're swimming in that water you're going home and you're eating pizza and that pizza box has PFAS on it right. because it you know you don't want your pizza box to be soggy with grease so let's put 
hazardous chemicals on it. Um, so just ways that you're really con getting contaminated without even realizing it, living your everyday life. Yikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to say other than that. <laughs> so this is exactly um, like what do you know what any health effects are? Yeah. So PFAS is linked to negative health impacts, uh, which can include autoimmune problems like diabetes, thyroid and skin conditions, decreased fertility, high cholesterol, kidney and testi testicular cancer. Um, and then children and pregnant people are particularly at risk as well. Mm -hmm. um, PFAS contamination can lead to other problems like low birth weight, uh, decreased immunity response to vaccines, reduced hormone levels, delayed Ooh. puberty, which we know like things like low birth weight can lead to other health impacts in the future mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and something I recently came across an article and I haven't thought too much of before, but if you are breastfeeding, PFAS can be um, <gasps> no. transferred that way as well. I mean, um, it makes sense because like the same thing. It's the same thing with like spicy flavors. In case y'all didn't know, well, but um, and that brings me to like wait, a. What do you mean with spicy flavors? If a mother eats, oh yeah, or a parent eats a lot of um, spicy food, like you get spicy breast milk. So the reason why is because like that's their whole system. Actually, a lot of the only way to fully really detox your body is to have a child. All of <gasps> your system no. goes into that child and it that's what your body just rids itself of anything it had before it almost drains you of what you had in your body and so it directly does go into your child and thinking of that as like an equity lens to like the extra money that you then have to spend on formula if you're able to mm -hmm. when you could just be breastfeeding if that's something that you want to do but you mm -hmm. don't you know have like the ability yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. or the people that just don't even know that they might have PFAS in them and then to find out that you could pass yeah. it along yeah. and the more natural um products that you can buy are typically more expensive and so there's also a reason for people of not purchasing those or really thinking about their chemical intake because it's just simply not in their budget to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and then yeah and I know the state does have processes in place when if you do find out like you're like uh, water if you're on groundwater there's PFAS in your water they'll help pay for water um mm -hmm. But it's just we shouldn't have to depend on the state bringing us bottles of water and not yeah. to talk about the pollution that ends up coming yeah. from that, too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being able to shower, take a bath, cook food, we shouldn't rely on the state dropping us off water for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Why are we paying the state for water? <laughs> yeah, water should be a human right. <laughs> Throwing that out there now. Yeah. Water should be free. But. I wonder if Nestle paint, like, is paying for the water. Um, they are. Oh. Are they? I'm sure they are. They have to be paying for the water, but like. Let's find out. You can't. That's the thing is you can't tax water. They they pay for the land that sits on the lakeshore. And so the government probably taxes <gasps> them differently. Guys, Nestle pays a measly $200 per year to, point, <gasps> to pump 1.1 million gallons of water each day. How much do you pay in property taxes per year? I pay... A couple hundred dollars, more than two hundred. More than two hundred dollars. But I pay like two hundred dollars, like every was it quarter? Wesley, stop asking questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have to hold no, these people we accountable. We need to know yeah. what's going on. And, and it like goes to guys. like polluter pay too, because the state pays for it. Like, where does the state get money? Mm -hmm. Taxpayers. Like, we shouldn't have to be paying to switch over to clean water. Yeah, we're like subsidizing Nestle. Yeah. And there has been cases. Shout out to our attorney general, where polluters have been held accountable for paying some of those cleanup fees. But it just it needs to be the norm. And then we also need to look at how do we prevent them from doing this in the first place. Mm -hmm. I'm still sorry. I'm so mad. You know, no. it's, it's not like we're talking about gold here. We're talking about basic human rights issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. Water. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just talking about water. Well, and th we talked in our last episode that there is only 3% of the world's water is fresh and only 1% of, of that water is consumable. And so when you talk about Wesley, or Wesley, <laughs> not Wesley, when you talk about Nestle. <laughs> Wesley's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys. We like him. Um, but when you talk about Nestle paying $200 a year, or even, I mean, honestly, even a million dollars a look, year. And if they're, they're pumping 1.1 million gallons of water each day. So if I were to multiply that by 365 days a year, think about how much water that is that they're getting for $200. 
I can't even get that much water for $200. No, I think of my water bill that comes like every three months that can get up to like $90. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, this is such good information yeah, to have. Yeah, that's what it is for me, actually. It is. I mean, there's water shutoffs happening in our state, across the state right now, all over. This has been happening for years. And then you get a company that owns Starbucks, that owns every single drink that's in your refrigerator at the grocery store and they get to pump water out of my backyard for $200 a year. Yo. And then we still have, I mean, on top of PFAS, we need to do a lot of work around. There's still lead in our water across Michigan. We're still working to replace those um, service lines. And then people that can't afford water because it's unaffordable. And then when you do have it, it's poisonous. It's just unacceptable. I think we, we have to do something where we need to hold policymakers accountable. We because do. Because this, this started with bad policy. Mm-hmm. And this is Michigan. This is America. You know, land of the free and opportunity. So they say. But So they say. But if we're struggling to get access to water and t- people or families are struggling to afford water, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's a basic human rights issue. Mm-hmm. We live in, like, the Great Lakes State. We have Nestle taking water for $200, and there's people getting cancer because of poison in their water. It doesn't make sense. I did look up the number. It's real. And it is 401,500,000 gallons of water that they get per year for $200. I think on on one of you all's podcast episodes, Mm -hmm. you all said that we need to boycott Nestle. We did. Yes. Let's boycott Nestle. And that doesn't just mean boycotting Nestle. That means looking into the companies that Nestle is associated with Mm -hmm. and deciding you're no longer going to buy their products. They are taking the water that some of the only water that we have in the country in abundance and they're putting it in plastic bottles and they are helping poison that water. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many products does Nestle make that has PFAS in it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, again, water. As we look at water and we look at the Great Lakes, um, you know, we have amazing, you know, wildlife. You know, we have people that enjoy um, going out and fishing, going out fishing and and different other things. And it's also a big economic, um, you know, boost when it comes to, um, you know, fishing and, and others. But, you know the wildlife in the Great Lakes are being contaminated by PFOS. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this tells us that, okay, it's not only in our water, but it's also in the food we eat when it comes to the fish that are contaminated with mm-hmm. PFOS. So it's yeah. And I think of, like, indigenous populations, too, that have made it a point to protect our environment. And because of corporations just being irresponsible and having no regard to how they're impacting people now there's you know do not fish advisories on a lot of like the Huron River the Osable River Mm -hmm. um and we're still looking at like the fish advisories because now that we're looking at the drinking water standards we know that the fish eating standards are too high as well and then it's also in our deer that people are eating and well and then the plants that we're watering yes they're drinking and that's a good point too because i i think a lot of people say like oh i'm on you know municipal water my water is clean i'm okay which like you know if you are drinking pfos that is where you're going to get that high level exposure if you're showering it you're drinking it constantly Mm -hmm. um but then it's in our groundwater which means if you're planting a garden Mm -hmm. you know that those pro those uh crops can suck up that contaminated water and then it gets in your food um, and there's actually a farm, I think, over in Maine, organic farm. They decided to do some testing of their products and it came or their crops and it came back that there's PFAS in them because <gasps> of uh, dumping that was done on the property like way before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't go mm-hmm. away on its own. So even, you know, companies or farmers that are trying to do the right thing and do organic pro- like products, we're still dealing with the repercussions of bad actors in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. That is very depressing, honestly. Yeah, and I think this touches a lot, too, on acting before you realize your impact later, because this is something that happened how many years ago? Like, mm-hmm. this started becoming really big, and what year was it again? I think it was 2017. 
and shortly after where media really started to catch on because uh, uh, at least in Michigan, I will say, because of the Wolverine case mm-hmm. um, in the Rockford Belmont area. So if you're not familiar, Wolverine's a shoe company and they use PFAS on their shoes because waterproof um, and improperly mm-hmm. dispose of those uh, chemicals. And when they were set to demolish the building back in 2009, a lot of citizens raised concerns about you know, what products were used there? Like, what is that going to look like when you tear the building down? Mm-hmm. And like largely just ignored. And um, in 2017, I, I know the community kept the pressure on. I think what happened is somebody requested a well permit. So they had to do some water testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found just, I, I want to pull it up here because I don't want to get the number wrong, but PFAS um, as high as 122,000 parts per trillion in some of those wells Mm -hmm. Um, and like often like 38,000 parts per trillion Um, and you know like what does parts per trillion mean I know I can get a lot sometimes (laughs) with those scientific terms but Mm -hmm. if you think of an Olympic sized pool and you put one drop of water in there that's one part uh, per trillion so you're an Olympic sized pool somebody does like a little eyedropper of PFAS and it's enough to contaminate that whole entire pool Mm -hmm. area so when Mm -hmm. you think of that and looking at like our drinking water standards right now in michigan as i said they're a bit lower than what they are federally the pfos drinking water and there's different types of pfos two of the common ones are pfoa and pfos Mm -hmm. um so for pfoa it's eight parts per trillion anything um over that they would have to switch over your water source and then 16 Mm -hmm. parts per trillion per for pfos um, the EPA has recently released some new maximum contamination level standards around that. And for PMPFOS, they are looking at four parts per trillion. So lower than Michigan's, but yeah. still recognizing that level is too high. That's just kind of mm-hmm. where what is realistic for the state to be able to go in and yeah switch over water systems and yeah. things like that. I mean, it's like kind of like similar to the lead issue where like the lower that threshold is, the better it is for people mm-hmm. that are consuming this. And... Um, Talking a lot about drinking water, but I mentioned earlier that it can be in our bodies of water as well. So I know with the Wolverine site in Rockford, Belmont, that has run into the Rogue River, which mm-hmm. connects to the Grand River, which connects to Lake Michigan. Uh, so I know a lot of people are pushing for, let's start testing some of the fish in the Grand River. Yeah. Um, so we have a better idea of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done that already, actually. I think a lot of it comes back to Michigan has done more testing than a lot of states there's definitely a lot of work that we need to continue to do but it's really Mm -hmm. pushing for more funding and resources for um environmental great lakes energy eagle to be able to do those things which is then putting pressure on our lawmakers to include that in our state budget and legislation and make sure that they have the funding to continue doing that testing yeah um but there's been a lot of great groups just on their own doing this testing since Mm -hmm. the state hasn't Mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like i mean it's great that michigan is testing more than other places but that that's only because the bar is so low that it seems like we're doing better. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, other states have done a lot more in Michigan as far as like banding PFAS products. They're making oh, uh, you. like, you know, pushing to have to put a label on it. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have shopped much in California, but everything there has like the this like a prop nine warning of like this object everything and may cause cancer when we see big states do that we start to see those labels on other mm-hmm. products too because it almost costs the company more to only put the label on the products For that are that going to that state, state. yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely well and hopefully that person just really cares that it's in their products I don't yeah know. you I mean, would think that they would crossed. want to avoid <laughs> using it all together but mm-hmm. i mean um 3m and dupont had knowledge of pfos being toxic as far back as I think like the 50s, 60s, but it right. it was decades before the public knew because they went out of their way to hide those studies. Oh. Um, like they knew that it impacted like your fetus development. So what they did is they pulled women off the lines, but they didn't tell them right. why. <gasps> um, what? And right. Yeah. Because that, uh, that solves your issue is what it does. And they just continue to hide it. There's a really great documentary based film, I think called Dark Waters, that goes into this. But in West mm-hmm. Virginia... There was a farmer that noticed his neighbors were getting sick, his cattle was dying, and he knew that there was a factory nearby. And nobody really wanted to take up his case. An environmental lawyer did, and they started looking into it. And, you know, subpoenaed uh, DuPont, went through a lot of records and ended up finding PFAS, CA mm-hmm. is the chemical compound for that. And then um, knowing that they knew that it was bad and just doing absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. And that's how it can directly impact your community, which is why we really need to hold these people accountable um, because it could be coming from a place that you're not even associated with. Um, And I know there is actually right now 
there is a lawsuit going on in Michigan um, about PFAS contamination found in Grand Rapids. Right? I mean, yes. Um, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm not making this No, there up. is. So, like, no, uh, there was a, there's a lawsuit against Wolverine that has gone yes. through. So, they're mm-hmm. now in the process of cleaning it up, but their plans are insufficient. So, that keeps getting delayed. Uh, but there is a new lawsuit, too, by our Attorney General Dana Nessel with the um, company formerly known as Keeler Brass, but FKI Hardware. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of metal plating type of work um, in their building in, um, the Black, Hill, Black Hills neighborhood yeah. uh, off Godfrey Avenue. So that PFAS site, it is, it's not in the drinking water. They're on municipal water, which means hooked up to like the city water, but it's in the groundwater, right. and there's mm-hmm. a river in that area. There are parks. There, you there's can literally parks, see yeah. people's homes from across the street from that space, meaning mm-hmm. if it rains. Exactly. And where does that runoff where go? Where does it go? Where is it flowing? And, you know, what, they don't get to have gardens and grow their own food? It. it we need to focus on drinking water because mm. of how it, how much you're ingesting, but groundwater, surface water, all of that in our products matter just as much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had also read, because like, I read the case for the, like, you know, that they opened against FKI hardware. And I saw that part of the issue, too, is that these chemicals volatize. So if they're in the groundwater, they can, like, seep into, you know, through your, like, foundation and then like the volatize in indoor mm-hmm. air so then it gets in the air too into your air. so like even if you're inside your own house like minding your business like you can't escape it and that's one of the things with uh the formerly killer brass as well i know there's other toxic chemicals that they use and that gets you know into the air and what does that mean for all of the mm-hmm. community members that live here at the time can i just say that that company like that building itself has a space that rents out there is a workout facility in that building like and so when you Not think about it going facility. well if it's going through walls people should know that it could possibly be going into your space in a very porous area i don't know i just and the company should like they should put the money in, into it to figure out if that is a yeah. concern. And that's part of the lawsuit, too, is that they've refused to work with. Address it. Yeah, work yeah. with Eagle. So we need to better understand. And it should be up to them to pay for those. Also want to throw out there that that person is doesn't even live in this state. I believe the person who owns this company is from California. Um, and so they don't really even have to think about the neighbors that they're touching because it's not their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just... Uh, they bought the old companies that were running that space. Yeah, and it's multiple buildings mm-hmm. in like West Michigan, Southwest Michigan, and not mm-hmm. just the specific one that we were talking about. So, but, but you can look into this and you can get this information. It's um, you can find the lawsuit <laughs> and read it. It's a real interesting read that just repeats itself quite a bit. But mm-hmm. Abby, I have a, I have a question. What does no stricter than federal means? Mm. Yeah, so no stricter than federal basically means that a state cannot set stricter regulations than what is on the federal level. So even if, you know, we elect a great governor, an attorney general, an environmental majority, some of the things that we work to do in Michigan, Mm -hmm. um, there are still restrictions to what a state can do. So I know that's something at Michigan LCV we talk about is repealing that so that we can have stronger uh, environmental regulations. Mm -hmm. Okay, Wesley, how can people get involved and help stop, like, you know, the pollution and hold people accountable, hold polluters accountable. Yeah. You know, it goes back to community. Um, everything is rooted in the heart of the community. And, you know, I spoke earlier that, you know, it doesn't, it's not just one individual, one group. Mm-hmm. Um, we as a whole collective, as a community, have to build that coalition. And um, you can, you know, really go to your legislators' um, coffee hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can really, um, phone call give a phone call to your legislators um also you can send emails to your legislators and Mm -hmm. um really asking them to you know repeal the no stricter than federal um law that's in place and it was put in place um by governor snyder and that's a state law that's a that's a state law Oh, I always thought it was like a federal that you, so law we don't, that you couldn't So we don't have to state. attack a federal law. You can just make sure that your state changes where they get their regulations from. You can, Or like again, if they choose to exceed or not. Again, this is that policy. Which is how California gets away with doing like plastic bans and stuff like that. Yes. Is that correct then? Yeah, they just, they have, have they just don't follow that? or. You, you know, I, I think it's really 
um, again, we have to hold community, we have to hold electeds accountable mm -hmm. because it's babies that's not even born yet. Absolutely. That, you know, this work means a lot too. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to get active and get involved. Michigan LCV, we um, hold phone banks. Um, we hold yeah. test, uh, texting banks and, mm -hmm. and others um, to really get people involved and in saying like, hey, I'm going to call my legislator to let them know that my health is important and drinking water is important. Mm -hmm. And we do not need contamination in our drinking water. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't want it. Yeah. It's okay. not for me. It's not, it's Look, not for us. Hello. This, this is not for me. This is um, not for us. So then how can we find this information, either locally, like what you're dealing with in Grand Rapids, or um, how to contact these people? Like, do you have that through um, the website, uh, like the Michigan League of Conservation website? We have some information on our website on PFAS. And then if you're looking as far as like if you want to view a map of where PFAS contamination is in Michigan, there are over 200 known sites and like I think 11,000 possible PFAS sites, just car washes, right. factories, um, landfills, places that have these washes. chemicals. Yeah. I mean, you don't really think about it, but of course, water resistant and all yeah. of that. So there is the state's website. They have started the Michigan uh, MPART Michigan PFAS Action Response Team, which is made up of officials with um, the state as well as impacted community members or just folks that are want to be involved with this issue just to give the state some recommendations and continue to push them to do more like testing public notification uh, but they do have a really great interactive map where you can see some of the PFAS sites and even type in your own address to see if anything pops up um, and then from there you can also find some information on blood testing and water testing uh, from my understanding unless you are currently under an active investigation or like it has been confirmed you're in an area of PFAS mm -hmm. you do have to pay for your own water and blood testing um, which yeah. I have thoughts about because we shouldn't have to pay to figure out if we're contaminated because the state hasn't gotten to us yet well no because who is going to have the hardest time doing that it's people who one are most likely impacted by it but two can't actually afford extra testing to see if their family is contaminated by something that they have no control over mm -hmm. and then even like you you find out that it does have contamination in what? it like is the state actively working on it like then you have to start you know if you don't want to be drinking that water providing your own mm. um Man. and that is how some PFAS has been found is private well people privately testing their well they found oh. PFAS notified the state oh, so then they right. start to look in other areas as well Dang. I have one last question um we look at and we see that PFOS is around a lot of airports. Exactly why is PFOS around a lot of airports? Wesley, I like that you're asking a question now. No, <laughs> I I really like this. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> Our yeah. host, Wesley. <laughs> so PFOS is found a uh, around a lot of airports. It's probably at every airport um, because of AFFF uh, fighter fighting foam. It is a type of PFOS. So that was um, invented back in the 60s i believe um and it helps with like extreme temperatures fires putting out things like that um it's actually required to be used on navy ships there was a big fire back in the 60s really? and some lives were lost um so that's seen as something that is a strong chemical and being able to prevent that from happening and then it's obviously used on airports for similar reason because right. of the high temperature fuel yeah. um so often you'll hear like People say we need to ban all, you know, non-essential use of PFAS. And what they're talking about is like that PFAS that's in our everyday products that we mm -hmm. don't need. And then oftentimes, you know, c chemicals like AFFF are looked at by some as being like, quote unquote, essential. Um, yeah. But we need to be funding research to like find safe chemicals that replace these. Because yeah. right now it's up to like a company and their goodwill to tell you if the chemical that they're using is safe or not, which mm -hmm. is why 3M and DuPont were able to hide it for so long. Yeah. So a lot of companies are re looking into replacements for PFAS, but mm -hmm. like not convinced that they're not just as dangerous. So. Yeah. And when we talk about public safety, what are we talking about? Are we mm -hmm. talking about putting fires out in a way that just works for people and is cheap? Or are we talking about what we're doing to our environment and the people who don't even really have the luxury of using that plane? Yeah. I mean, how many people can get on a plane and buy a plane ticket right mm -hmm. now and go across the country or go across the world? Again, this is just, it's a luxury to be able to do these things. And then the people who end up having to drink that water and not be able to pay for those tests are frontline communities and will mm -hmm. always be 
frontline communities. And I should say, I think I misspoke earlier. The first PFAS site that was like known in Michigan was actually in Oscoda, Michigan, okay. um, on the uh, military base up there because of oh. AFFF foam. Um, and that was something that the Snyder uh, administration knew about and yeah. hid for a long time. Um, huh. And that's also something that our federal taxes pay for. Exactly. So some of these PFAS sites, like the one in Wolverine, we're talking a lot of state involvement, but that is specifically with like the federal government. Um, so I know that I think they're still doing active blood testing over in that area. Uh, but I've heard excuses like, how do we know they got PFAS from here? Like, how do we know they didn't get yeah. it from products? So like trying to find excuses to not have to be yeah, held we, accountable. We rubbed a bunch of... <laughs> mascara all yeah. over the ground and that's mm-hmm. what it was it wasn't yeah. your jet you know mm-hmm. and all of these situations it's never the government usually or you know the company being like oh we found out we contaminated you it's with Oscoda, there was like a whistleblower who came out with it right. in rockford it's community members that continue to push i know the godfrey lee site like I think more needs to be done around that just because it's not in the drinking water doesn't mean we forget about it. Like, yeah. it was yeah. raining out today. When I was a kid, I'd go make mud pies outside. And totally. like, oh, yeah. so PFAS mud pies. Like, yeah. it's not okay. And Well, they're not nearly as tasty. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> and then, yeah, like if it's still seeping into people's homes, then... Mm-hmm. And especially getting into our water then, which it can go through soil and mm-hmm. where else is it going to spread? Um, so, Abby, you did tell us a lot about some of the community impacts in terms of like general populations, but also like frontline communities. But are there any specific demographics that you feel are especially affected by an exposure to PFAS? Yeah, I think like thinking of one, the communities that are often left out of these conversations, so like our BIPOC communities that are already being disproportionately impacted by other environmental injustices, mm-hmm. um, like water affordability in general, air pollution. Um, and then just not always being listened to or having access to the ballot box. So having mm-hmm. the um, the ability to like vote these people out that aren't taking action on this. Yep. And then, of course, I think of uh, people of low income, too, or those that don't have access to technology. Um, the Michigan PFAS Action Response Team, uh, I think they go to door to door a bit as well to notify people about water. But a lot of this information about, you know, where is PFAS? Um, how do I get my blood tested, water tested is mm-hmm. online. Uh, um, and mm-hmm. if you're not actively involved in this work and you don't know what PFAS is, you're not going to be going to a computer and Googling, like, right. do I have PFAS? So how yeah. are those folks getting that information? And if they do know that they have contamination, you know, on their property, mm-hmm. how do they know that the access to those resources? So I know something Michigan LCV is talking about is doing more uh education just for folks right um i mm-hmm. think the state really should be doing it but however we can help out too just to make sure the the community is centered and p- folks know where to go to get that information um and then if you're already dealing with other health mm-hmm. yeah everything yeah. just gets that like, compounded exactly mm-hmm. yeah. no that's such a good point because then i think about like oh yeah i also have might have a blood in my water but i have lead in my paint um, or, you know, I'm already dealing with a health issue or I'm autoimmune compromised or something like mm-hmm. that. So. Like if you're working at or like a factory with, you know, higher levels of air pollution and then you're going home and drinking PFAS. Totally. Um, oh, going back to the case I mentioned earlier over in Oscoda, Michigan, that's on the military site just mm-hmm. makes me think, too, of like the and I know that's not the only like military site with PFAS contamination using those chemicals. There's probably more than, you mm-hmm. know, that are even officially deemed PFAS contamination oh, sites. Most definitely. Yeah. Is. Like if you think it's there, like I don't think they've ever tested a spot. They think that has PFAS and found none. Not like maybe it's happened. But probably oh, not. No. Um, worrisome. Yeah, because we we kind of know where it is because we know what you know so right now, what type of companies use we it. We know where it is, but we also don't know where it is. Yeah, like the people that know about PFAS know where it is, but the people living in those areas don't know until the Ooh. state decides to officially test. Which is why, like, we have over mm-hmm. 200 sites, but there's believed to be like 11,000 more because of ah, the different locations, like landfills. Um, even like if you are using products with PFAS in them and then you're washing it down your drain which right. goes out to your septic that can you can contaminate your own well water oh, by like having those no. products washed down the drain um but going back to Escoda and the military base just thinking about how these veterans have put their lives on the line and like mm-hmm. fought for our country fought for our freedom and you know they're they were contaminated the whole time and obviously like maybe they didn't know that was happening the government but they know now and what are they doing and it's mm-hmm. really not enough like how are we prioritizing um these people have right. you ever talked to anybody about the va it's not great <laughs> like yeah. i promise that the services that they're receiving are already subpar and then on top of being like exposed to I mean, trauma and other mm-hmm. chemicals of war knowing that they were exposed to pfas and then doing nothing to like 
redeem these people yeah. and then being told like how do you know that's where you got the PFAS you right got like it can after you that. prove and it yeah. <laughs> um and I know a really strong community activist Sandy or not Sandy I'm sorry in Escoda's Tony uh, has done a ton of work around this and he actually helped with the Great Lakes PFAS Action Network GLPN oh. for short it's a coalition of um, impacted community members I know Michigan LCV the Ecology Center has helped support it as well he's a co-chair alongside Sandy who is a really strong community activist and um, the Belmont area from the Wolverine site and both of them have just done a tremendous amount of work alongside others uh, raising a lot of awareness around this and then also hosting different events or panels or whatever they can to like let people know of you know how can you privately get your blood tested your well tested if the state's not doing it um, mm -hmm. and then also meeting with lawmakers in Lansing and DC and pushing for this too um, I know like one thing is uh that GLPN, I think, has talked about is insurance covering blood testing so that we oh, don't have that to pay that nice. out of pocket. Yeah, because, I mean, it would it should technically count as, like, a preventative thing, right? Or, like, preventative care, like, to get tested before we see symptoms actually doing damage. And I I'm not, like, a healthcare a whole, expert. Oh, that is a whole but other I'm like, if you episode in conversation. Is that, like, <laughs> a, a predetermined condition that, like, affects your insurance? I don't know. Oh. Well, and... Well, I really, see, imagine like you live in the neighborhood with PFAS contamination and bam, your rates go up. No, that's that exactly what I was going to say. Too. All of a sudden now you are more of a risk for that insurance company because now they have to pay. They likely are going to have to pay more for your health care. They most definitely are going to have to pay more for your children's health care for women who are pregnant in that area. Uh-uh. Uh and no it's not way. something that's that rough. like all health care officials know about because mm -hmm. it's just started to get talked about in like the last... 10 or so years and I know that um there are I think some like continued I, I don't, I'm not sure how it works in like the medical world but like continued credit that you can get now uh for PFAS education and mm -hmm. I would love to see that be like a requirement of different nursing yes. and doctors programs because that is you know we know people that have got diagnosed with different cancers because of their PFAS contamination yeah oh but if you go on the EPA what does it say? I think it says the it's not clear. Yeah. yeah but, oh, a hundred percent. They're doing more research. They don't yeah. have enough research to give that information. It literally is not listed as a cancerous toxin. Although we've known people are proven to get mm -hmm. cancer from PFAS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's wild. And so I think even finding the information sometimes it's like, how do I figure out what's bad for me or not? Exactly. And I think of little kiddos too, like just smaller yeah. bodies. I know that mm. there is a story out in Rockford of like a child having some of the, uh, mm. maybe the highest levels of PFAS <gasps> contamination and that's not going to go away in their lifetime. Ooh. So, um, you know, how just old what is this child now, I would have to look, but I, I think still like elementary age would be in my oh, assumption. Man. So like what impacts? Cause it was 2017 that yeah. they found it. Yep. So that would have to have been pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Or they, this, they're pretty young. Yeah. Crazy. Um, what are some ways that we could hold these people accountable since they are just chucking all these crazy chemicals into our environment and into our homes and air and water and soil? Yeah, I think Is it's... it? And bodies. <laughs> oh, okay. And fish. <laughs> and wildlife, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it is putting... It has to go through like the legislature, like our lawmakers have to set um, laws in place that hold polluters accountable and prevent these things from happening in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned earlier the Great Lakes PFAS Action Network, GLPAN, GLPAN for short. They have a really great website, just glpan.org um, that you can go to. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a really great community resource guide where you can learn a lot about this and it breaks it down in simple language. So if you're looking to like learn more, I definitely recommend taking uh, checking that out. Mm -hmm. um, they also, again, have the information on blood and water testing but they also have a policy agenda as well oh, so what are they looking like for yeah um and it goes over some of the stuff that other states have done so we know this stuff is possible putting labels on products uh, banning pfos products mm -hmm. altogether mm -hmm. um if we did have some type of law i would love to ban it all together but if um we had a law like other states where companies had to disclose if they're using PFAS. It would be easier to hold them accountable because we have a list of like what those companies are we can also avoid them um I know for me, like I bought makeup before and I was like, does this have PFAS in it? And I couldn't Google it. It's not yeah, easy to find. It's not easy to find. I looked this morning and I was mm -hmm. like, I cannot find a list of products that are known to have PFAS in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like an example of something that we can push for, pushing for um, 
transparency yeah transparency yeah. and then really holding polluters accountable mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that if contamination is found we don't have to go like go through this whole lawsuit and community members don't have to turn into activists fighting for their health yeah. like they're just being held accountable to cleaning up that and a lot of the times they're getting a fine which totally. at the end of the day when their profit that is just a slap on a wrist to them like a fine it isn't is. enough well what's a fine for getting water from lake michigan you know yeah, <laughs> like I their mean, fines are not big enough i mean you all, we also heard about the fines for like the migrant children that yeah oh, d- oh nancy please yeah. <laughs> and, um but oh go ahead i was gonna say i know one piece of legislation getting talked about right now in lansing is around filter first for um schools for like oh, preschools yeah. k through 12 mm-hmm. um so that there's just filters po- uh put on any source of like where you'd get you know drinking water from whether it's a drinking fountain or a tap water in like the cafeteria uh-huh. um that is focused more around lead but i believe those filters can filter out some levels of pfos mm-hmm. um that's something to look out for buying water filters they don't all filter out pfos but yeah. that's something we want to make sure i mean pfos is just one of the water contaminations like lead is very dangerous yeah. as well so like calling mm-hmm. your lawmaker about filter first right now i would definitely recommend doing and just asking them we to prioritize that. that pass it yeah um and then the polluter pay as well so that okay. corporations are being held accountable is a big discussion and your lawmaker likely knows what these things are they're mm-hmm. not new we've been pushing for them for yeah. years but we mm-hmm. had unfortunately like a republican majority that just this is a nonpartisan issue it impacts everyone but mm-hmm. we do well, see our lawmakers now seem to be a bit more amped to take some action on this, but they need to be hearing from the community too that we want this to be a focus. I heard um, a lot of Republicans really care about saving kids. So this would be a really great way for them to jump on that Mm -hmm. and make sure that the kids in this um, state are protected, you know? Mm -hmm. Including the unborn ones. And we've had some good bipartisan support. I mean, I'm just saying... It shouldn't be. What would, what would Jesus do? Okay, two of you will <laughs> not put that in. It shouldn't be polarizing. To say it should not be polarizing. Yeah. I, wait, before we get to that, though, what exactly is polluter pay? So polluter pay is something where um, common accepted practice that those who produce uh, the pollution mm. should bear the cost uh, of managing to prevent damage to health, uh, to human health and mm-hmm. or the environment. Uh, currently, right now, the taxpayers are responsible, uh, you know, for paying that pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that cleanup uh, for that pollution being released um, into the atmosphere. Um, in Michigan, we have over 24,000 uh, contaminated sites. Um, and with polluter pay, um, basically what we'll do is that um, it will be in place where with polluter pay, um, those companies will have to play f- pay for the cleanup. Mm-hmm. Well, why do I have to pay for the cleanup? <laughs> I genuinely, like, I'm still questioning. I have to pay for the water that you contaminate, and then I have to pay for you to clean it up because you contaminated it. So just in case I want it to be cleaner, I got to give you more money. And then you have to pay for your exactly. health and then Oh, and then I have to pay for the health bills exactly. and for the health insurance and for... Exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I think... This the is, filter on my skin. You know, this is <laughs> something... That's very, you know, it's a great conversation. You should reach out to Senate leader Winnie Brinks okay. um, and really ask her why do taxpayers have to play, pay for the cleanup? Yeah. Um, is there any way where policy or legislators can take this burden off the taxpayers? Yep. Because it shouldn't be our responsibility um, to pay for the cleanup. So, um, you know, I, I, I would really suggest that. You know, you should reach out to uh, Senator uh, Winnie Brinks and um, ask that question. So that could be our call to action. So we have a couple of them for the PFAS um, situation. Um, reach mm-hmm. out. Talk to your senators. Talk to your commissioners, your legislators, anybody that you feel comfortable reaching out to. Talk to them and ask about these issues that are happening Also, reach locally. out to the ones that you don't feel comfortable reaching out to also. Well, I mean, Nancy, yes, but some people don't even call to, like, make an appointment <laughs> for you can, something. You can email, too. I mean, <laughs> okay, a call go, is the best go. way to go. Like, a but call emails. can have an impact. I think they say, like, because not everyone contacts their lawmaker, like, one message represents, like, five plus like constituents oh, because right. not everyone calls and we've done phone banks where we fill up you know a lawmaker's voicemail yeah, box by the that. end of it yeah. um and then i know too like i mentioned the epa has set those proposed um 
drinking water standards around PFAS as part of the Safe Drinking Water Act. So those are not official and corporations mm-hmm. and industry are pushing back really hard right now against those. Um, oh, and course. it's really important that people that care about clean water, not just corporate profit or like letting them know that we want to see those in place mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know if you all have like show notes or something it's a a lot to like plug into just a the information to like go give a public comment on that but um there are ways that you can get involved there's a hearing on may 4th and then you can send in written comment as well i'm just gonna call what is it fki hardware h is it h or i i think it's fki hardware it's fki i'm gonna yeah. call them today <laughs> what are you doing about the PFAS contamination? <laughs> I will also um, say that, you know, the listeners should be on the lookout um, for more information about PFAS education uh, events um, that will be leading and starting in the summer um, by the Great Lakes P- PFAS Action Network. Okay. Um, where it will be community events um, focused on really just providing that basic education um, around PFOS and um, testing and, you know, things you should do yeah. um, and next steps. And so um, be, please be on the lookout for that um, because it's going to be, you know, this, this is something that is really important and uh, we have to let the community know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it won't slow down if we make people slow it down. Um, So make sure that you're contacting the people that can help amplify this in a Mm -hmm. way that maybe I can't just do as an individual. But then also um, what you can do as an individual is avoid certain things that we know contain PFAS. Um, So as an example, nonstick cookware, which is mentioned before, things Mm -hmm. that are water resistant, including clothing, but also treatments that waterproof things. Um, Things that are grease resistant, which is a lot of food packaging, mainly fast food. Mm -hmm. So like Abby mentioned, um, like avoiding certain things, there are some personal care products that have it in it. And if the ingredients have fluoro or parafluoro, um, they likely have PFAS in it. Um, cleaning supplies that are containing um, what parafluorinated or polyfluorinated ingredients also have PFAS containing them. Um, so like Nancy had mentioned before, the best thing that you can do is switch over to natural. You can do things like using beeswax in order to waterproof things. You can do things like switching over your cleaning products to something that is just plant-based mm-hmm. or found naturally. Um, and you can make sure that you're not using um, personal care products that include um, like things that are um, long-lasting. So like your waterproof makeup has PFAS just in it. Just cry it off. Yeah, right. Just just deal with it. And something to note, too, is like I said, PFAS are a family of chemicals. PFOA and PFOS are two of the common ones. So you'll often see like nonstick pans that are PFOA and PFOS free. Um, I'd be questioning why it doesn't just say all of the PFAS on there. So it is something to be aware of. It could be free of one type of PFAS and still have another harmful kind in there too. There's actually over 4,000 different types of PFAS too. Yeah. So I use um, a cast iron pan, which is something that's super helpful because you're just not going to be running into that issue at all. Um, But there are little things that you could do, um, one for your health, but also for your environment. So that's kind of our call to action. Call somebody, um, contact a representative, and then also um, do your part for your family and for yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that people also knew where it came from, you know, and like your day-to-day life. Um, maybe avoid the car wash or wash it at home, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, like that. I know the first time I learned about this issue, I like went through my house and I was like, this probably has PFAS. Oh, and yeah. it was like definitely a sense of alarm. And it's something that we need to be aware of. But I don't want people to walk away from this like scared. I want people mm-hmm. to walk away from this like ready to take action so we can prevent it from continuing to happen in the future Mm -hmm. and knowing that we can you know do things in our daily lives and pressure on the bigger level to make sure that we're minimizing and just getting rid of exposure altogether Mm -hmm. absolutely awareness cool saves lives it does well Uh, thank you wesley and abby for being here yeah thank thank you you for having us thank you we really appreciate you thank you for listening to green rapids Wow, Ooh, that's that perfect. might have been very yeah. <laughs> I listen to too many podcasts. So. <laughs>